Welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser. You can find me at Calvin underscore Rosser on Twitter. And this is Steph Smith. You can find me at Steph Smith IO on Twitter. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is learning how to give more. And giving can be a lot of different things. It can be your time, money, et cetera. But I think of it as a skill. And I think a lot of us can do better in this domain and also learn how to do it. So I'm excited to jump into that. Okay, so you mentioned giving can take many different forms. How do you actually measure giving? And if you're trying to learn to give more, how do you actually measure that? I don't know if there's a straightforward answer for this. Just to give some context, one of the reasons that I think giving is so important, I had a mentor who helped me. I was a low-income kid from Orlando, and I really wanted to go to an Ivy League school. And he kind of helped me package my story, and he even provided me some light financial assistance. And he just did a lot of things for me that objectively were maybe a couple of thousand dollars for him, but dramatically changed the trajectory of my life. And all he ever said was, hey, the only thing I want from all of this is that you pay it forward. And so I've always had this idea in mind of you need to pay it forward in the ways that you can. And so I think when you don't have much money, you can do that in different ways. Maybe you can teach people skills when you have more money. Maybe you can donate more or create organizations that help people. But from my perspective, giving is a very personal thing. And you have to define that for yourself, and it may change over the arc of your life. But I think of it as a skill that you should begin as early as possible, and that even when you have no money, you can find ways to to give. Yeah, so I'm super interested in hearing the ways that you've learned to give more throughout time. But one of the things I wanted to touch on quickly is this idea of giving and how it actually uh, for many people, it was a skill that you need to learn. I never was born and immediately was like, I just need to give back. Mm-hmm. And even if I wanted to do that, my habits and the, the actions that I take throughout my life haven't necessarily represented that. And I think partially for me, uh, a lot of the time we think giving is monetary. And when I grew up, I had less money. I didn't necessarily have an amount to give. And so it really is more of a learned process more recently where I've reflected and I've I've said, you know, I, I in theory want to give back, but how much of my time is actually spent helping other people? How much of my, you know, net worth today is actually being reinvested in other people? I think there's an element of giving that really does have to be learned and you actually have to spend time figuring out how to incorporate that into your life. I think it's both a skill and a habit, and that evolves over time. I'll just give a personal story. So once I achieved some sort of relative financial stability, I realized that I wanted to spend more of my time helping others. And up to that point, I had done things like I helped my cousin write essays for him to get scholarships, and I helped people edit their resumes, and just these little things that help people in their education and careers where I had some knowledge. But I also wanted to translate that and somehow into financial giving. And the problem that I encountered was you'll get some people that say, hey, you should donate to my cause or my organization, all of this stuff. I honestly have just never found it to be very meaningful to just write a check to an organization if I don't know where it's going. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. But when I started thinking about giving more, I was like, this has to not only align with the people that I want to help. So you have to choose like, what are my causes? Who are my people that I want to help? But also the mechanisms through which you give. I know that I needed to have like a personally identifiable person or something where I knew where the money was going if I was to give money. And I also knew the impact on their life and stuff like this. 
because at the end of the day, just like any habit, you need to build these reward or dopamine loops. Like what is the reward for giving? Well, you can feel like you're a good person. I think that's good. But another thing is just seeing the tangible impact on someone's life. I think that can create this really rewarding, positive feedback loop where you want to give more because it makes you feel good. So that's just like philosophically, I think you need to find ways to give that feel good. And there's the common fallacy of, oh, you know, I have some money, but maybe one day I'll, I'll give it or I need to make more and and then I'll give back later. But the, I think the problem is people don't make that tangible and or things that feel good for them. And, and just like any habit, it has to feel good for you to to build the habit and to keep doing it. Yeah, I think there's a very common fallacy that any good habit book talks about where people think that habits are they stem from people just like being better at certain things, like people who are healthy, just caring more about it or just, you know, being better at exercising or things like this. And really it's the environment that they put themselves in. And again, designing things around these habit loops where you do get a reward. So I totally agree that just like any of these other skills that people want to learn, if you really do want to learn to give, even if you think you're the most altruistic person ever, you're actually making it easier for yourself to give if you're doing it in such a way where you do get little rewards or something that you're just, you're happy to do. It feels good. It resonates with you. And then one other thing that you touched on that I think is really interesting is this idea of giving before you're ready. Some people look to people like Bill Gates, who obviously is an incredibly giving person and has done a lot for the world, but his approach was, let me go (laughs) and make a lot of money, right? Let me become one of the wealthiest people in the world and then start giving that back. But what I think is interesting about what I've seen you do is you're not like, it's not like a this than that. It's more so how do I learn to give along the way such that <laughs> if I like die tomorrow, I would feel good about what I've given. I think there's this idea where if you wait until you think you have enough money to give back, when is that point, right? We've talked about the hedonic treadmill before, but if I were to tell myself the amount of money that I have today, 10 years ago, I would be like, oh, absolutely, you should be giving back. But even today, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm always looking for more. And so I do think it's really interesting to start giving along the way. And so that there's no pivot point where you're like, I absolutely have enough where I can give back now. Definitely. So I want to introduce a, a philosophy here. It's pretty common among like highly educated circles of people who think, you know, how do I maximize the ROI of my impact on the world? And it's called effective altruism. And the idea behind it is kind of simple. It's that you want to give to the organizations where you'll get the highest ROI on your money. And so if you give $500, you actually can save a life if you give that to certain organizations, whereas other organizations, 70% of that money will be spent on someone's salary who may not be a productive employee. A lot of people, when they fall into the effective altruism philosophy, which I think is a really compelling one, one of the things that you could say, and you could say this forever, is if I have more money then I will be able to have more impact later down the road. And so I should just maximize the amount of money I get throughout my life. And then at some point I will give back and I'll be able to give back in larger ways. Say if I invested that money smartly and grew it as versus giving some chunk of it in a way that doesn't compound over time to an organization earlier. I actually think that is very compelling. You could rationally say, I'm going to be an investment banker instead of a nonprofit worker because I'll make more and I'll be able to have more impact. That's fine. But it's also sometimes used as an excuse because if you can always just make more money through your investments or your skills or whatever, and then give back later, then you don't get in the habit of giving. I think you need to find small ways to give at every point, because as you mentioned, there is no number. So let's say you had $50,000 net worth or a hundred thousand or 50 million. Well, how do you decide what to give? 
the difference between someone who has $100,000 in net worth and $50 million in net worth at each of those points, if they have not built the habit of giving, they're not actually that much more likely to give because they don't really know how to do it. One of the things it reminds me of is I've been an independent contributor and a manager throughout my career. And even still to this day, because I love being an independent contributor, I really struggle to delegate things. And so even though I'm capable and have the ability to delegate things now as a manager, I struggle to do that. And I wonder if you were to build up this large stockpile of cash throughout your life, you'll always be leaning towards like, oh, let me uh, deploy this capital or let me utilize this most effectively instead of actually giving that capital to other people who have spent their whole lives figuring out how to be altruistic or deploy that capital most effectively. Does that make sense? That's just something that came to mind as you were speaking through that. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. One example, I forget the actual numbers, but there's lots of people who have cataracts in their eyes. And because of that, especially in like African countries, they can't see. And because they can't see, I think you actually go blind over time. I could be getting this wrong, but you can't actually go at work and make money for your family and provide. And you end up uh, either dying or living a really low resource life just because you had this cataract. And what's kind of crazy about this whole thing is I think it's something like for $200, you can pay for a doctor to give people surgery that removes the cataract and fixes their sight. And that alone allows that person to then become a productive member of society to provide for their family, to innovate, to do whatever they want. And so if you give $2,000 to this organization, you can actually transform the lives of 10 people and you would never be able to do that on your own. Yeah, I love that. One thing that I'd love to hear more about in terms of you identifying how you've deployed your capital is something that I've struggled with over time is just the endless different avenues where you can deploy your money and support different causes. There's just so many things that matter in the world. I personally find myself caring about things like women in tech, but I also care about the environment. And then I also care about public health. And I just find it difficult to decide what matters the most because sometimes I care a lot about one thing and then I look at it in in the grand scheme of things and I'm just like, does this really matter? How have you tried to see through the noise? The principles that I use here are I don't ever want my you know, intellectual fetishization of giving to stop me from giving. So I just try to start somewhere. And that starting place for me was, how do I want to give and who do I want to help? I really like giving to people who I think are ambitious and hardworking and who I can see a little bit of my younger self in, in part because that's how I was given to. It was one guy who'd really invested in me and that transformed my life. I mentioned he allocated a couple thousand dollars but the ROI on that money for the quality of my life improvement was really high. So I think it's okay to just focus on on helping individuals. And it's a fallacy to think, oh, I have to identify the area where my dollars are kind of ROI maximized or something like this, because that actually may not resonate with you. Tactically speaking, one thing that I've done that I've really enjoyed is there's an organization called bold.org. And what they allow you to do is to create custom scholarships for groups or causes that you care about. And so I started, I really wanted to give back to low income communities. And so my first scholarship was a a $1,000 scholarship to help first generation college students. And alongside that, I offered a year of mentorship. And my goal with that scholarship was to find someone who was early in their educational journey where they were low income and they actually needed the support and where I would be able to kind of help them as they went through their journey if they wanted that help. 
And so I really love that process. And I've since created, I don't know, it's probably 10 plus scholarships for different causes that I care about. And so scholarships became this like vehicle of me being able to deploy a sensible amount of capital for myself directly to an individual for causes that I care about. And so other ones, just quick examples, I think there should be, you know, more women in technology. So I created a scholarship for that. I think there should be more African-American entrepreneurs. So I created a scholarship for that with friends. My mom passed away from suicide. And so I created a mental health awareness scholarship. And that has resonated far more than giving to the uh, give well, like effective altruism charities, because I can see where my dollars are going and I can choose people's stories who I resonate with and basically invest in individuals, which for my psychology works really well. So I've actually also been giving back through scholarships. If you're in the indie hacking space, you might be familiar with some people who do 12 startups in 12 months. So I kind of played on that and did 12 scholarships in 12 months where I give a scholarship for different causes that I find interesting. So similar to Calvin, I did one for women in tech, but I've also done things for people who are supporting the environment and green technology. I do really love this idea that scholarships allow you to give back to specific causes and then also see the way that that is directly impacting people. Because I know something we we talked about earlier in this episode is the idea where sometimes you give to an organization and I'm sure they're doing great work, but you don't see that end of the habit loop, the, the reward. And without that feedback loop, it makes you less likely to donate again. One of the things about scholarships, other other than just giving to someone that I want to invest in and believe in, is you read these stories and you almost see a piece of your younger self I think one thing that can happen as an adult is you lose touch with what it was like to be younger, what you thought about, how idealistic you were, the roadblocks that you could have avoided, et cetera. And so I read these stories and I'm like, oh, these are just people earlier in their journey. And it's like this grounding force for me. So that's another reason why I really like that form of giving. But I also want to move the conversation a little bit away from it's not just about allocating money. And in fact, a lot of people don't have much money to give. One thing that I did that was really helpful towards building the habit of giving every single morning was I journaled to the question, who did I help yesterday? And you know, what was funny about that is that was, there were some days where I helped people and it could have just been, we had, you know, a conversation with a friend where I helped them negotiate a salary or something. But if there was like a string of three or four days when I wasn't helping other people in some way, shape or form, that was a trigger to me and also an accountability mechanism for saying, Hey man, you say you want to help people live a fulfilling life, but what are you actually doing to make that happen? Over the last three or four days, you've done nothing. Like, what can you do today to change that? And so I think you can do things like that, just like you can with any other habit to just think about uh, giving back in different ways. And it can be as simple as you have a younger cousin who is applying for a job, help them think through the questions that they may be asked, help them think through some of the pitfalls that they may fall through. Because if they land that job, maybe their quality of life improves. That is a free thing. It's easy to do. It's helping family. You could do it for friends, whoever. Another thing is just by being like a happy, positive person who's a joy to other people's lives, or maybe you play music for them. I don't know what it is. You can just do so many things to give back that have nothing to do with money and that uplift people, even if just for a day. And I think that's worth it. Yeah, there's a saying, and I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's something along the lines of like, when you give someone a gift, who benefits the most? And it's so true that when you give back, often <laughs> you selfishly are, are gaining more than than the person you're giving back to. Another quick idea that I just want to introduce is there's research that shows that 
people will give more when they see other people who are like them or who are in their peer group who are giving. And so you can actually do good in the world by giving because it makes your friends, family, networks, et cetera, more likely to give as well. And you know, that's if you share that with them. You don't always have to do that. I think sometimes people can become a little self-promotional. Hey, look how philanthropic I am. You know, you're not as good as me or something. I would definitely try to avoid falling into that trap because that turns people off from from this whole altruism thing and and trying to find ways to give back. But there is this good research that shows if you give, the people around you are more likely to give. And so you can create this really awesome virtuous cycle and you never know how it plays out. Yeah. And speaking to this idea of like a butterfly effect, I think sometimes people in the same way that they wait to have like a lot of money to give back, they wait until they have a certain level of expertise to start sharing some of it. And you don't need to be the Michael Jordan of your particular space to give back and help other people. In fact, a lot of people who are less further along in their journey can benefit people who are beginners because they have that beginner mindset. They remember what it's like to actually be a beginner in a particular space. I found this with coding. I think my experience in learning to code when I had shared it around a year in had really helped complete beginners because I could remember what it was like to not understand anything about code versus people who are 10 years ahead, have the curse of knowledge and forget how to share that knowledge in an effective way. And so I think the same thing is true where if you really are trying to support other people, whether it's with your time or your money, again, don't wait to do that because I think actually as you begin earlier on, you can resonate more with people as you're doing it along the way. So should we wrap up on some key takeaways? Yeah, I think the main takeaway is that if you are looking to give, and that's obviously your own prerogative, but if you are looking to give, I I really have learned to appreciate that giving is like any other skill, right? So if you're trying to learn to code or to learn a particular language or sport, it always feels uncomfortable at first. You always feel like a beginner and you don't know exactly what you're doing. But just like all of those other things, it takes practice. And then as you get more comfortable with it, it goes from something that feels very foreign and perhaps uncomfortable to almost being like a reflex where you're going throughout your day or your life and and giving back in ways that you don't even sometimes notice by that point. And so I think you said something like not optimizing for the absolute perfect way of giving, but just getting started, I think is is great advice. Yeah, definitely. And I hope we didn't sound, you know, preachy or anything like this during the episode. You don't have to spend your life oriented towards helping other people. That doesn't make you a better or worse person than others. I think the key takeaways here are just like give before you're ready to give. You don't have to have Bill Gates level money or start a revolutionary startup or anything like that to have an impact on people's lives. If you want to solve malaria or something like the Gates do, sure, maybe you need to have more resources and you can do a lot more with money. And I think that's a totally sensible reason to pursue money to give back more. But don't let that stop you from just getting started in small ways to the extent that you would like to do that. And the last thing I just want to leave with is really just find the ways that resonate with you. I think a lot of people give sometimes just because their friends are like, hey, you should give to this thing and you feel kind of almost guilted into doing that. And maybe you're actually giving to a good thing or something, but that can often leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth about what it means to give. It's almost like a peer pressure thing. And if instead you start from the first principles of what do I care about? And that doesn't matter what I care about relative to other people. Like it's your life, it's your money, it's your time. You can decide the causes you care about. And there are only a few that you can probably make a meaningful impact on. So don't try to solve everything. And then how can I start in small ways? How can I build the habit? 
journal. What, who did I help yesterday? How did I work towards this cause yesterday? Whatever it is that you're trying to do, just get started. And if you can, if you like the effect of altruism uh, philosophy, check out The Life You Can Save by Peter Singer. I think it's an amazing book that you know motivated me to give actually a lot more of my, at least financial money versus just my, my time. And then check out givewell.org. There's lots of cool organizations there for ideas to get started, but just run little experiments to see what works for you. And adapt over time as you get more money, get more skills, whatever it is that that you need to do. That was episode number six? I think so. Great. Well, we're almost at a week. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I had a lot of fun here. I, lo- I love this topic and hopefully we can dive deeper in, into different parts of this at some point later down the road. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>